This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp and First Republic Bank. Thank you for making our show a possibility. Thank you. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Love is love. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad. Thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. <laughs> Jamie. Yes, Robin. Hi. We're, we're, hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> we are moving into holiday season. I know. How do we feel about this? Well, okay. For me, it's actually birthday slash holiday season. Everybody's birthday. I, I, I'm feeling stressed. I know. I just like started the holiday gifts list again. And like my daughter, like every five seconds is like got some Pinterest picture of, I also want this. And then my son tells me he wants nothing, like nothing. That's fine. And then he That's gets easy. mad when there's no gifts and I like, or we right, got him shirts. So I'm like, Ugh. he's not going to be happy with that. My daughter's birthday list wish list is I think five pages Ugh. long at this point. I love that though. That's so easy to pick. <laughs> She'll take catalogs that come in the mail oh. and then she writes, she circles them first and then she writes them all down on her list, like verbatim. So we can make sure we get the right one. It's so Oh my lot. God. Maxine makes like a Pinterest type page with links. That's good. Yeah. That's smart. It's a lot. This is a lot. And then she's already planned her birthday party. We haven't planned a birthday party. It's planned. She has a guest list <laughs> that is over 30 people. <laughs> I mean, my kids are birthdays are also next to each other. Like yours are too, right? Ours are two weeks apart. So for a lot of years, we just Mm -hmm. did a party together and I did like an outside park because it's in the spring and just like people come and it was like kids running around. There's like a table of food. I got to say you folks with the summer birthdays for the kids much easier or the spring or the fall. You really lucked out. Like it's not fair No, because we don't have to pay for a place. You can be outside. We have to find a venue. I mean, if you live in the city, if you live in the burbs, you have your house and there's enough space, I think. Well, but, I mean, depending yeah, on it's how true, big not your house the city. Is, I guess. But that's, this is, a, yeah. you're just making a case for uh, guest list limitation. Like, well, that's what we did last time. She had a slumber party and she got to invite three friends. Even then I'd be like, and two. that was it. <laughs> Sleepovers are a commitment. You know, I used to sleep at my friend's houses, like one friend all weekend. I'd go there Friday and I wouldn't go home till But this is like night. high school, right? Like middle school and high yeah, school. Yeah, because I feel like that's different. I used to go to my best friend's house all the time. In the summer, I just slept on her, like on her outdoor porch yeah. on like a pull-out <laughs> mattress. My home life was they less didn't, than They didn't want you to have a real bed. They, <laughs> they were like, Ra- is Robin on the porch again? Porch. And I just like lived there. They're like, why is she here for the whole <laughs> summer? I was like, because my mom's drunk. I that's why. That's why yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I mean, my mom wasn't drunk, but I still lived at my friend's houses. I lived there. Oh, I look forward to that. Oh, man. Well, anyway, we got very off track there. Apologies, people. But I did put the holidays on because there's this new Netflix holiday movie. It's like a gay rom-com with Michael yeah, Urie yeah. and uh, Jen, apparently Jennifer Coolidge is in it, too. But my whole thing is they're billing it like the first gay holiday rom-com. And I'm like, have they forgotten that bad Kristen Stewart movie that just came out last year? There have been a couple. I feel like there's been right? more than... There have been but a couple, I mean, but here's what I will say. How are they calling I only, it the first? I don't know. However, this is what I will say is a little bit different, I think, based on what I just read. Oh, you read something? You prepared? We, <laughs> take it easy now. I prepare. So these other ones are like, this is like, he's going home as a single guy, but he's embarrassed that he's still single. And it has no, it's like, there's no, um, 
embarrassment over the gay thing. It's oh, not every, just, it sounds okay. like they're doing it like it's just he just happens to be gay, but it's never discussed. And then his mom tries to like set him up with a friend of hers from home and it's a guy. Oh, I like that. Okay. So it's like it sounds like it's known that he's a gay guy and there's no, there's no issue, issue. Okay, whereas the that. Kristen Stewart movie was so all about that different. one woman coming out. And that, that was that that one was hateful. Right. I was like, this should have been out in the 80s. This is like not relevant right, exactly. anymore. It sounds like they're just treating this like a, this is a rom-com. Just happens, to, happens be a guy. to be a gay right. dude. There's which this is cool, book, which is great. There's this book written under the stars or written on the stars that I think needs to be turned into, it's like a lesbian like rom-com book and it's so good. Ooh. And I- Ooh think it should be turned into a movie it's amazing but let's turn it into a movie well i don't let's have do it. that kind of budget jamie i don't know if you do let's do that we just have to write it remember that this, it, they will this come. podcast isn't profitable let's move into patreon jamie <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say about oh that well we have a special special thank you to our newest patreon member katie mueller katie, thank katie, you katie, katie mueller Katie, you're a rock star. We, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for we joining. See you. We appreciate you. And if anyone else other than Katie wants to help us make LGBTQ content for families, you could join our Patreon community and you can do just that, Jamie. You can. And you're going to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get bonus mm-hmm. content. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody. And at the gestational carrier level, because we named all our levels sure off, off of fertility things. You'll get video interviews of most episodes dropped, and this is the good part, a day early. You're Without never going to be in the know. You're never going to have FOMO with us, you <laughs> Patreon members. Um, head over to patreon.com slash ovaries talk to join. Okay, that enough of our gabbing. Let's get to our we guests. We have to go. Helen would just cut the whole intro out. Helen be like, you don't need this. No one likes you too. Get to the interview. <laughs> That's Helen. All right. Our guests today are Kim and Paige. And like, I just, I love them so much. These delightful listeners, they reached out and they wanted to share their story. I mean, they overcame odds. They listened to their gut and they had a baby weeks early after many, 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 many days on bed rest. Like after 19 weeks, she was on, it was like over a hundred days of bed rest. This story, strap in, because it's a roller coaster. <laughs> the way you said that sounded dirty, but go ahead. I know. There's nothing wrong with strap-ons. No, no, whoa, I, uh, th- whoa. Nothing wrong with strap-ons. I enjoy a nice strap-on from time to time, but not when I'm talking to you. Oh, my you. God, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Stop it. Roll the tape, Helen. I'm just kidding. Helen, save me. I have to say it. I she's dirty. It. Yes, I You're know like she's dirty, red. Helen. You're bright red. She's dirty, <laughs> Helen. Roll the tape. <laughs> hi kim and Paige. hi, hi. Hello. how are you guys we are good mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you sure yes yes <laughs> as great as you can be with a four-month-old it was oh a bad, not a great weekend so there's that oh, oh no. four months he was like sleeping at like an hour and a half at a time the other yeah. night. so oh. we were like oh i remember so that. tired oh, you I guys are exhausted that. four months you're exhausted Let's start where we always start with a 30-second elevator pitch. I've I've prepared. Don't be panicked when I put this up on the screen on your mark. Get set. Go. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm an ER nurse, and this is my wife, Paige. She's an accountant. Um, We're two lesbians, but our last name is Bi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, They got jokes. (laughs) We met in March of 2018 and married in August of 2019 and started fertility appointments, um, April of 2020 because I broke my arm and had time off. Uh, we have three dogs and a 
four month old. That's really two and a half months. Oh, oh, boom! Look, first of all, you're a pro. You actually got a lot you, in you there. Nailed that. I did. You nailed like, that time mic frame. Drop, mic drop. Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop. Slide in a joke. Shit, jokes in there. Because we use it a lot. And that's funny. That's good. So your last name is Bai, literally Bai. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. And interesting, you have a four-month-old who's two months. So we got to really get. get we to have that. to like yeah. let's let's get into this. I think let's, that tells us talk. a little bit. Yeah, right. it, it should. does. Yeah. And we should say to everyone that you guys are, are listeners and emailed us, and the the title of your email, the subject line was "Half a Million Dollar Baby," and we were like, we got to read this one. Yeah. You you said like basically you got married and started trying right away. You Basically. weren't going to if you hadn't broken your arm. Can you walk us through that? I broke my arm at the end of like March 2020. So right when the pandemic hit and um, I was like, I have time off because I can't really just take off of work, especially, you know, fertility stuff is all based on you. Yeah, It's not your schedule. Right, so right. that's pretty much why we kind of started then. Yeah. And we had talked about wanting kids since we first started dating. Yeah. And Kim's like, hey, I got this time off. We should really try doing this. And I was like, okay. And then it just, because I was off. She's like, like we're months. doing it and went straight forward. And I'm like, okay, we're going now. All you right. Went right in. You went right in. And yeah. had you guys had conversations about who was going to carry? I mean, how did that whole thing happen? It was out? pretty obvious. Yeah. I, I was like, if we're doing this, I don't know. <laughs> you had no, you had no desire, Paige. No, none, none at all. But you still, but you still wanted to be a mom. Or yes, I was just, I always knew if I was going to be a mom, I wanted to be with the right person. And I had no desire to ever be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's like all for it. So I was like, That's a bit if of a you want to go through with it, we'll do it. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jamie, before we go any further, I have to say that if these ovaries could talk is supported by First Republic Bank with a best-in-class banking app that allows you to bank anywhere, anytime, and a dedicated personal banker when you need one-on-one service. First Republic is uniquely positioned to offer the best of both worlds. With this combination of personal attention and convenience, it's no wonder that First Republic Bank has a client satisfaction rating two times the industry average. So whether you're opening a personal line of credit or planning for your retirement, you can count on First Republic to be there for you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> You'd got to say it. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so you're the, the spreadsheeter in the relationship, Kim, and you were just like, we're moving this thing forward? At least about the baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything else everything is else? her, yeah. Aww. Okay. Well, you were, you were two ladies on a mission, so. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you start? So our local local fertility centers two hours away in Tulsa. Oh we live in God. Arkansas. We yeah. hate it here. So there's uh, nothing in Arkansas. Is there nothing in Arkansas? There's one in Arkansas, but it's three hours from where we are. Yeah. Jeez. And so Tulsa is our best option. Yeah. And is this because you wanted to go right to IVF or because like you, cause uh, you couldn't have gone to like your OB or anything like that? Or we, so like, we actually your plan? did try that. We made an appointment with an OB and asked her like what our steps would be. And she just referred us to the fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. I so think that's just, just like, we're not doing it. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's something that they do here. And we did IUI. We didn't even do IVF. So you find this clinic that's two hours away. You get started with that. You're there like almost every day. Yes. For a while making this and drive. It was really complicated. Like not so much when I was over my arm problem, because obviously I was off work then. But then I went back to work and I would do this like round trip and then go straight back to work. 
Mm. Oh, jeez. Because our appointment would be like eight o'clock in the morning. So we'd leave here at six, be at the appointment for like 15 minutes, then yeah, turn around really in the short. car, then come right back in, and then we'd both go to work. Yeah. Oh, wow. So were these medicated IUIs? Yes, every one of them, yeah. And that's why there was probably a lot of monitoring, too, because you have yeah. to make sure you're not rupturing those ovaries. I yes. remember that. I remember that game well. The first one was just Clomid, and then after that, we did shots. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and did you just do a bank, a sperm bank? Yes. Mm-hmm. We picked in like two days. It was really yeah. fast. Really? Well, how yeah. come it was yeah. so easy? I don't know. I think we went mostly for genetic. Yeah, we mm-hmm. wanted somebody that looked like me, like pasty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, just like good genetics, and then just went through everything. Because we knew if we took too long, we could look at these things for months Forever. on end. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'd come home from work and Kim would be like, hook up the laptop, we're looking tonight. And I'm like, can I at least cook dinner so we have something to like do while we're looking? <laughs> Order pizza. We're good. <laughs> well, um, so you, it seems like all your stuff happened in the back end. I mean, did you get pregnant pretty easily? Uh, it took three tries. It felt like an eternity. But I guess yeah. In, yeah. in reality, that's only three months of trying yeah because we would try a month then take a month off to like mentally go through it Mm -hmm. and we had a vacation because our honeymoon got canceled yeah oh right we were supposed to come to new york oh and then like the day we left they closed down everything or we were supposed to leave they were closing down everything so we couldn't go yeah oh my god so it was three tries but it was over like six or seven months Mm -hmm. yeah like i would say six that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time. Did to your wait. doctors tell you to take a month off, or was that like an emotional? You wanted a month mm, break. The first one was just because we happened to have a vacation in the middle, so they mm-hmm. couldn't monitor us, and we didn't want to cancel again. Yeah. And the second time was emotional. I couldn't try again. Yeah, and that then month. the third time we were like moving houses, so yeah. I was like, we can't. No. Yeah. It's like I need an emotional break. Right. Right. Especially with all the hormones, like. Ugh, it was awful. It was a lot. The hormones were hard for you. I mean, yeah. it's, it's different. They were really hard on me. My wife didn't phase her at all. Didn't even feel them. You know, so some people they really, really affect. Just definitely had me all over the place. Like normally, yeah. Before baby, I feel like I was not emotionally liable. I guess, but ever since, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now you're a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty much parenting, I think. And plus. I feel like pregnancy. I know we're getting there, but like the PTSD from that has definitely got me like all over the place. Well, let's right. Go there. So let's let's get there. Yeah, so let's go there. You got pregnant. Third try happens. Mm-hmm. What what happens? So we got inseminated on November thirteenth, Friday thirteenth. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's geez. a good oh, day, huh? And it took. We were super excited. We and also we didn't tell our family we were doing any of this. No, they had no idea. Oh no! Why? <laughs> why? No idea. Um, because just didn't. For majority of my time growing up, I always said I never want to have kids because I physically did not want to have children. And so we didn't know how long it was going to take. And so we just didn't want to tell anybody because we didn't have to tell them, oh, it didn't work again. Right. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. I didn't tell people because I wanted to be like all like one day be like, oh, guess what, guys? I'm just magically pregnant. You would had no idea how, you know, secretive and great super I am. Fertile super I am. fertile <laughs> I am. And that didn't work out at all. After my second blood test, the hormone test, whatever, they called me and I was at work and I come back into work like crying and they're like, what are you pregnant? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then our problems pretty much started from the beginning. Yeah. Like week seven appointment, 
him was like having some spotting and the doctors thought it was another embryo that just didn't take. So we actually had two like sacks in there mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. saw. Oh. And he's like, I thought I saw it on a previous one, but it didn't say anything because it wasn't showing any signs of what it was going to take. Yeah. But it's still there. So I think it's just going to dissolve and go away. Mm-hmm. Which is like a weird thing to process. But yeah, still. And that would have something to do with the bleeding? Like that seems, that well, doesn't seem to make sense to me, honestly. Well, if the sack is going away, it could be. But that's it hadn't what they gone said. away. Yet. I don't think that anyone actually knows. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know like when it went away because by the time he was larger, you couldn't see. I wouldn't think all of it mm-hmm. right. like it was squished. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. So, so who knows what really happened to that? Mm-hmm. But he also noticed some bleeding under the placenta, mm. which I guess is really common in pregnancy. But fast forward, I bled pretty much the whole time. Oh, God, we, that's scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we went to like, you know, we had our first appointment with the OB and she's like, well, some people just bleed all the time. Like, okay, lady. And that's, by the way, it doesn't make you feel good at all. No. Like, because you're just like, okay. And also, every story you hear when a person says, well, there was blood, there was blood, a lot of times turns out bad. So, like, the fact that they're telling you, this is normal, I don't know. I I still think I would not be at ease. Mm -hmm. So, it was almost like a threatened miscarriage through the whole thing. Like, you Mm. did no idea what was happening. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward, week 15 is when it, like... I guess the nightmare started. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had two gushes of fluid that day, like at 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. Oh, my God. And I thought I peed on myself, but I wasn't mm-hmm. far enough along. Like, I'm only 15 weeks. Like, how, yeah. how on earth? And even as an ER nurse, like, I see people that come in for bleeding, but never gushes of fluid. Like, it's just not something that really happens. Right. So we go to the ER. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, you're an ER nurse. You've seen yeah. so much. So you know what to be alarmed of, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. We went to the ER. They did an ultrasound that day. Um, The fluid level was fine then. Baby was fine. Heartbeat was fine. He sent us home. We were told to follow up with the OB. Of course, whenever we had our follow-up appointment, it snowed. Like, it never snows in Arkansas. I mean, it does, but not like it did that year. It snowed enough to, like, they closed all of the clinics. Oh, wow. So we had a tele, like a phone call appointment, mm-hmm. which what can she do again? She was like, yeah, everything looks normal. Like just, yeah. Like I saw it. the ultrasound, everything looks fine. Like I had gushes, not like just bleeding, like full on gushes. That's... And I, I had no idea. I didn't know that your water could break that early as we found out. That's you know, that's what happened. <gasps> well, how oh, many weeks yeah. were you at this point? 15. 15. And then two weeks later, we went to an outside ultrasound to get like our gender reveal thing. Yeah. To do a gender and she reveal. was like, I can't see because you have like a low fluid level. Very it low. Was, Very low. Yeah. It was five centimeters. So they measure it in centimeters. That's all they can see on the screen. But it should be like above nine. Oh. And really double digits. I think 10 is what they really mm-hmm. like. Uh-huh. Um, so it was half that. Uh-oh. Then our next appointment was at week 18 and it, I had another gush. It was so low that she was concerned enough that she's like, give yeah, me your doctor's called. number. I would like to call your doctor. Yeah. She was like a tech that works at a hospital. And so she wanted, she was concerned about it enough that she contacted our doctor. Which I don't think anything actually became of that. Really, right. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Jeez. You just want them to do their job. You want everybody to do their jobs, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, right. 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 
And then so week 18, I had another gush of fluid that morning, but we had an appointment with our actual OB that day. Mm -hmm. So we didn't like go to the hospital or anything. We just went to our appointment Mm -hmm. and she sent us down for an immediate ultrasound because we had pictures from when we saw the other ultrasound tech the week before. Mm -hmm. So she was concerned because the fluid level was low. They were having such a hard time. Every time we go to one of these ultrasounds, there's always a student. Yeah. And not like an actual tech doing it. Yes. You're so like, the text's uh, like, I can't see anything. I'm going to go get my boss. We're right. like, cool. Awesome. Every time. Every time. Glad you're getting a learning experience. And then yes. so, so, <laughs> so that cool. lady came in and was like, when do you talk to your OB again? I'm like, she said she would call us when mm-hmm. she got the results. And she said, um, I would not leave. I'd go straight back up yeah. there and we'll give her the results quickly. And we're like, oh, that's comforting. You right. know, yeah. they don't, they normally don't tell you anything at all. And instead she said, yeah. don't leave, just go straight up there. Okay. Well, at least somebody's doing something, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of. We right. go back upstairs um, and wait. And it seemed like it was forever. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably like 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And she calls us back and was like, your fluid levels aren't even one. So there was like <gasps> nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And so she referred us the next day. To- the next day. What do you mean the next day? <laughs> I know. It was after five. It was after five. The clinic was closing. The next day, we had an 8 a.m. something appointment with a a high-risk doctor for our anatomy scan. Mm -hmm. So we go to that. And, of course, it's COVID times. And Paige can't even come upstairs at all. So I'm just sitting there. And they, you know, they're pressing so hard. They can't see anything. I, like, I've seen ultrasounds. I ultrasound myself all the time when I was at work. Don't tell my bosses. Um, <laughs> she didn't just say that. <laughs> I'm sure they know. They have to know. It's practice. So, but I couldn't even see anything. Like I've, I've seen him. I've seen ultrasounds. I've seen him jumping around in there. Like I couldn't make out anything except like his little spine. That's all you could see. Oh. Because the fluid is what gives you the contrast. Yeah, I'm sure right, you guys right. have seen a mm-hmm, ultrasound. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, that's what, that's how you see the dimensions. Mm-hmm. So they did the ultrasound and they put me in another room and I felt like I was there forever. I FaceTimed with her because she was still in the car and oh they came back in and they were like, your wife can come upstairs. Uh-uh. So yeah, they let me come upstairs and I like basically jumped out of the car, ran yeah. upstairs and the doctor wasn't even in the office. He was at the hospital that was across the highway. Like a delivery or something. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. having to do a C-section. And so we were like waiting for him. I mean, what's going through your heads? I mean, they're saying you can, Paige, you can come in at that moment. I would probably like, yeah, as if yeah, I wasn't well, already knew. freaking out, I would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I something is wrong. And of course yeah. I was like reading study after study, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what low fluid even means. And mm-hmm. I remember them sitting us back in the same room that I had my ultrasound in and them telling us, you might want to do this. Um. And so the doctor comes in and he's like, there's pretty much no fluid at all. And he's like, you have two options and it's like carrying it to term and we have no idea what's going to happen or terminate. And he's like, I highly recommend terminating because more than likely Kim's going to get septic and die. And, um, and we have no idea what's going to happen to the fetus and there's much higher risk on your wife and we're just like numb because he gives us like no good news, like no chances of anything happening besides 
there's no fluid. Your baby's basically got no chance at all. And if you do anything but terminate, your wife's going to die. Yeah, basically. Oh, my God. Okay, folks, we're very proud to say that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yes. Is there something? Yes, right? Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I don't know about you, but with the coming of the holidays and the full schedules of every person in my family, I'm feeling a bit stressed, Robin. I'm just uh, going to say it. Just a bit, Jamie? Just a bit? <laughs> a lot. Like a lot. A lot well, of stress. good. You're in luck. Not good that you're stressed, but good you're in luck. And so is everyone listening right now. BetterHelp will assess your needs, Jamie, and they are going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's no secret. I use BetterHelp. I love my lady. And everybody should know BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. Here's what's great. There is a broad range of expertise, and that might not be available to you locally in a lot of different areas. And also, they they work with clients worldwide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can log into your account anytime, and you can send a message to your therapist. And then you get timely and thoughtful responses. I do, at least. Plus, yeah. you can schedule <laughs> weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You I mean, that. that is one of my favorite things about BetterHelp. I know, I know. I love Robin, that they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. You don't always find the right fit immediately. So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. And it's more affordable, we have to say this, than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Okay, guys. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OCT. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, Jamie, so many people mm-hmm. have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for If These Overs Could Talk listeners. You're going to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com OCT. So what do, you, what do you do? They just sent us home. Yeah, they sent us home. Like take some time to think about it. Yeah, because he's Basically. not, he wasn't our actual doctor, so they wouldn't do it. We oh, had to he, he works at a Catholic hospital and is a Mormon doctor, and he's telling us to abort our baby that we obviously very clearly wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're at 19 weeks at this point. We were waiting for our doctor. Which is a late term abortion, by the way. Yes. Um, we're waiting to hear from our doctor and nobody's like giving us any information besides this is what you have to do oh by the way if you choose to do this we have to convene an ethics council and give you permission to do it if you choose to do the abortion yes because of how late Uh late term it is basically so the amniotic fluid is what develops the lungs so they were really worried that he would be born without lungs or severely severely underdeveloped lungs that weren't compatible with life Mm -hmm. but they had no idea and they couldn't tell us anything Besides the story of our pregnancy is they couldn't tell us how the lungs were going to look at all. There's zero way to see how good or bad the lungs are at all. So they didn't, they really didn't know what was going to happen with the lack of amniotic fluid. Mm -hmm. I guess this this is kind of unprecedented or it must've happened in the past. Like 2% of pregnancies. It's very, very, very Mm -hmm. uncommon. So they just were in the dark, but then they're also telling you you're going to die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And where does that, what's backing that up? Um, when your membranes like rupture, yeah, mm-hmm. you can get an infect uterine infection and die. Yeah. 
yeah. become septic and die. Mm-hmm. So, and, and now, and also you would have to go in front of this board and ask for them to allow you to terminate the pregnancy. We didn't physically like go in front of the board, but they convened amongst themselves. Like we weren't even included. And, wow. and so, but that happening gave you time to. It did. To see another doctor. To get a second opinion. Yeah. Okay. To call the university hospital of the state. So I worked at UAMS, which is a hospital that's three hours away from home at the Capitol. So like Little Rock and they are mm-hmm. like the level one hospital in the state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they also have like a high level NICU, like mm-hmm. one of the highest levels that you can get. So I remember like going from planning a funeral or whatever happens like Friday. Cause we get sent home and we're just crying. We're trying to get in talk- contact with our doctor who's not in the office. And the only thing we're getting is text messages from either a nurse or a receptionist asking us, are we wanting to go through with the termination or anything? Via text. Yes. Via text. Oh my God. Um, but we have to wait until we hear back from an ethics council. Um, they give, <laughs> they make us list, talk to another doctor. They're um, neonatologist. neonatologist who's not giving us any good information. He's like, you can deliver now and some, we might be able to help your baby or we don't know. We don't know, but he's not giving us any information. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Kim remembers that UAMS has an angel line, which you can call and they will try and get you appointments or information or or information to get you the right doctors to help you. And so she calls them and we explain to this super amazing nurse that's on the line what's happening, what we need. And this lady's like, okay, I can try and get you an appointment, but it's at like the end of the month. We're like, can't, we can't make it that long. And she's like, okay. And does more. She's like, I can get you in like three days on like Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. We're like, fine. We can do that. Okay. And so we just have to wait until Wednesday of not knowing what's happening with our baby, with her, what we're going to do. You're just in limbo, like serious. Yeah. Oh, horrible, horrible space. So many thoughts are going through our minds and we're like not wanting to talk to anybody. Like I had to call my mom um, and because exp- our families know at this point in time mm-hmm. yeah. that we were pregnant. So I called my mom and I'm like, this is what's happening. Like, we're not talking to anybody right now. I'll let you know when we know more. Yeah. A couple of our friends just like checked in on us, but we're like, just leave us alone. I'm missing work because mm-hmm. they know what's happening. Well, she, you had left work for that high risk appointment and Mm -hmm. then just never never went back even though she was supposed to go back well you can't focus on anything you can't yeah i I can only imagine your brain must be just going a mile a minute and Mm -hmm. there's no sleep there's no concentrating no not at all and we were in limbo for several days until we went to that high risk appointment in little rock Mm -hmm. um and he he basically sat us down and told us like look there is hope sometimes it happens where they come out and they have, you know, asthma or they have severe. It's like chronic lung disease. Yeah, mm-hmm. chronic lung disease. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's no way to know the varying degrees, but you can. There are a few preventative measures that you can do. And they're very slim and we don't know what's going to happen. Like he didn't give us any kind of false hope at all. He, yeah. was, he was like straightforward. I'm not sugarcoating this. It's going to be extremely hard. But if you're willing to do it, we're willing to do everything that we can yeah. for you. And, and that that's, means, that's what you wanted to hear? 
Yeah. We wanted like to know something that there was even another option. The first Mm -hmm. doctor didn't make it sound like that was possible period. Right. Like he didn't give us those statistics or, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was just like terminate basically. Basically terminate, go out the door kind of heartless. Yeah. Yeah. And this doctor, Dr. Wendell was like, okay, these are the statistics. If you do this and this, I can help you. But if you're not going to follow my instructions, then you're wasting all our time. And we're like, okay. Basically. What were the instructions? Um, Cause I'm assuming you, you did it obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, strict, <laughs> strict bed rest, like laying flat bed rest. Oh my God. And then daily temperature at checks. Week 19. Multiple times. Yeah. Yes. We were like 19 weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure you didn't have an infection, the temperature checks. Yes. 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 Okay. Throughout the day. And if, if it changed any more than like 99, we were in the hospital here. And then if it was, if they couldn't get it down then or they'd get it down and we'd go to little rock and then they'd take over. Right. And then no baths, no swimming, no anything downstairs. Like, cause you cannot risk infection. You can't uh-huh. risk anything yes. getting anywhere close to your vaginal canal. Yeah, exactly. I had to say, I had to say it like that. <laughs> gotcha. And, yeah. then, and then we were making weekly trips to little rock exactly. once a week to get, Double check to make sure they were both fine. Were you like a mess in the car? Like, cause you're not bed resting at that moment. I would probably be yes. like holding myself as still as possible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like reclined Just and like all the things. Down, right? Talk yeah. about nerve wracking, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the whole time, because there's no fluid, you, you also have this question of if the baby's lungs are developing. Right. Yes. Which yes. you'll never have an answer to until birth. Yes. Right. You got to just sit with Up that. Up until birth. Yeah, absolutely. We have to, we have to deal with that. Okay. Were you two like just meditating out the wazoo? Were you just like constantly deep breathing? I mean, that was the year we got mindful. Yeah. <laughs> the year I became I, a Buddhist. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we, we made it. Like, I think after that appointment, we were a lot, I don't want to say we were hopeful. I don't we know. We were more realistic. We knew that there was a chance. We were going week by week because he's like, if you guys can make it to the next appointment, your chances are getting better. Like these right. mini milestones. Yeah. Like that's getting how we to 20 weeks was huge. Getting mm. to 24 weeks was huge. How many mm. weeks did he want you to get to? 34. As many as you could. Yeah. He right. was like, okay, if you can get to 21 weeks, then we'll talk about going to the hospital and doing internal bed rest. And then he was really happy with, like, Kim was following the rules, which she doesn't always do. Because um, <laughs> ER nurses were terrible patients. Nurses in general. Um, <laughs> we made it to 21 weeks, no infections, doing bed rest. And then, like, her fluid level started going up. Somehow, oh. somehow, oh. we have no idea how. Oh, no idea. So I did. Got, they, had they ever said that that was a possibility that your fluid w- could come? Not really. No. Not really. So we were diagnosed back, you know, when we had that first high risk appointment with PPROM. So that's prolonged premature rupture of membranes, and it's like a two percent chance that it'll ever happen. And most women will deliver days, hours just a few weeks after, like, it's very rare. Like it's already something rare, but it's very rare that you make it further along into the pregnancy, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my sister, that happened to my sister. Oh. They, they took her for a C-section immediately. Oh. They yeah. were like, now, like we're, we, that's it. I think they do that whenever you're further along. Yes. I don't know how she was very she close. Was. She was very close. That's why. Because of the risk of infection, like being yes. so high, but obviously yes. like if they took or induced it would have been an abortion at that point Mm -hmm. Um, he never would have made it obviously Mm -hmm. so we're going to these weekly appointments um, and then finally we reach 20 
22, 23 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I had some more spotting. Like I had a brief month maybe where I didn't bleed. Mm-hmm. I had a spotting episode and we went to another hospital here. Cause we we're still at home. I didn't even see a doctor. They put him on the monitor and we tried to explain what we're going through. Like, Hey, we're having this. We're seeing weekly monitorings with a high risk doctor. And they're like, Oh, we think it's just spotting. You're fine. Yeah, oh my basically. God. It's like a nurse. And she's like, oh, I've dealt with this before. It's just No, no, you haven't. No, you haven't because it's 2% of pregnancies. No, 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 you haven't. Especially at a low level. Like their NICU was not high. Right. I think it was a level three and that's Mm -hmm. not the highest. I can't. Um, Oh God. It just infuriates me. So then after that, we basically moved to Litterock to be close to our hospital for, um, for a whole month. And then after that month, we were finally admitted at 28 weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're just laying, you've now been laying prone for nine weeks. Basically. But now you're going to move into a hospital to lay prone. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was absolutely miserable. Can't even imagine sitting still for that long. Like, I just can't even. I spent a total of 100 days on bed rest. Oh, jeez. Holy shit. And she's trying to half work from home, half go to the office. Yeah, when we were still at home, I was like in the office a couple days at home. Because she's supposed to lay there and do nothing, try not to keep her from going insane. Yeah. And take care of the dog. Like, we have yeah. the dogs. Oh, you have the dogs. And so after the last time we went to the hospital, we're like, we already planned on staying in Little Rock. And I was like, okay, we got to board the dogs earlier. I call my boss. I'm like, I, I have to go fully remote now. I was like, we have to be in Little Rock now. And she's like, okay. And so I'm trying to work remote in Little Rock. It's a disaster because we're just so stressed out mm-hmm. we're staying in an airbnb and then we go in the hospital and then she's in the hospital bed and i'm on the hospital cot for another month oh my 37 God. days i think mm-hmm. we were admitted before he was born so okay. when i got admitted i got antibiotics and why did why did they ultimately admit you was it just because you had made it to a certain mm-hmm. week made it to a certain point where okay. something was there was a huge long discussion with our doctor about when to admit us because if we admit too early and get pulled into a C-section, it could damage the uterus and I could never have kids again. Mm. And we wouldn't have a baby. Like, But if mm. we stay out too late, then we risk something happening, Losing the baby. not catching it, and we lose the baby. Oh, right. so, or she gets sick too because you're yeah. not in a hospital. Because yeah. we're not being monitored enough to catch it. Yeah. So we were starting to get so stressed out that we're like, we have to do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for peace of mind. Yeah. Almost. And then we spend a week in the hospital and then we're like, okay, we have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> miserable. <laughs> like you couldn't have any visitors. Like she's the only person that could come. Cause, 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 cause we're on COVID yeah. times. Uh-huh. Right. Not, yeah. not that I really wanted anyone else. Yeah. We didn't, but we, cause you're like, you want to see people, but you don't want to see people. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. just so stressed. COVID restrictions, I can only leave once a day and come back and I have to be back by eight o'clock or I can't stay the night. Oh my God. It's like a prison for me too. Yeah. And you're able to move. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's any better. It's, it, it's all terrible. Oh my God. And I've, and I've been doing literally everything for us for the past eight weeks. So mm. like I'm mentally exhausted, trying not to lose it for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like sitting in my car crying randomly. So I don't, like taking it out on her. <laughs> you didn't even tell me that. Uh oh. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of stress. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many weeks before you delivered? Five. Yeah. Five weeks. So, you came in at 28 weeks. So, 33 weeks is when you delivered? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So you wow. made it pretty far. We it. Yeah. We they, were, they were one week from our goal. Yes. They were elated, shocked. They were like, this doesn't happen very often. And had your fluid kept coming back? It made it at one point to a nine, which what? like what is like, Whoa. yeah, almost normal. Holy it shit. is normal. Yeah. No, it is normal. What are you feeling going into delivery? And did they have to do a C-section? I think more panicked than anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was relief till after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Panic. We're tired of playing skip mode because that's what we've been doing to entertain us. <laughs> the whole time. And then no C-section. So you can tell this because I don't remember. So a lot of her, uh, they have been on a like the non-stress test monitor mm-hmm. every day for like three weeks up until that point. Mm-hmm. The week that he was born, she was acting just like really odd for her. She was just sleeping a lot. She was kind of grumpy. She didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then on the fetal stress test, his heart rate was higher than normal. Barely, but higher. Yeah, not much higher. Like they didn't really notice it, but I did because I watched it. Because you're an accountant. You're like, I do numbers. Yeah. And I sit there and I stare at this thing because it takes up an hour of our day. It's the only excitement we have. And I (laughs) mentioned it to the nurse and she's like, okay, I'll go look at through them all. And she's like, it is a little different, but it's not one that we're concerned about. And then she just wanted to lay around and do nothing, which she never wanted to do. She always wanted to be entertained. Uh-huh. And I'm like, something's just not right with mm-hmm. the two of them. Mm-hmm. And at some point, right before that, I had another huge gush mm-hmm. and they mm. took me to labor and delivery and I was having contractions, but they ended up sending me back. Yeah. Oh. Cause they were just like, it's not, you're it's getting not closer, but it's not time yet. We'll just keep watching. So we kept watching it and she started getting, you could just tell she was not feeling good more and more. Like I was asleep through this, the last day of monitoring so much so that I don't remember it. Like I was just mm-hmm. asleep the whole time, which is really weird for me because right. that's all I could do was sleep. Why would I want to sleep more? Yeah. And so like, I just stayed up and watched her. And then every time the nurses or the techs came in, they check her vitals or whatever. And they're like, yeah, she's really not herself. I'm like, no, she's not. And so they took me serious and they started watching her more. They put him back on the monitor. His heart rate was still high. And they're like, yeah, we think maybe she is starting to get an infection. And so they took us down mm-hmm. to labor and delivery again. And they basically had a discussion with us on we're one week away from our goal. If we don't do something now, we could be behind the gun of an infection when he mm-hmm. does come out mm-hmm. for both of them. For and, both that could, of us. and that could be very bad. And, they're, and so we were just like, yeah, let's induce. We're just mm-hmm. one week. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go for it. And I remember having conversations with the neonatologist. They would let him come down and talk to us about all these scary things that could happen after he was born. All the vents, all the machines, all the everything, Mm -hmm. like sitting down and explaining it to us. And so we're like, let's do it. Yeah. And that was like 10 o'clock at night. And I had that baby at 3 Uh a.m. And you and you delivered him. Yeah. Mm hmm. No, I would have. I would have thought that they, with a risk of infection, they would have wanted to do a C-section. Because I mean, technically, we don't know for sure that I have one, right? So there's lots of mechanics of when they come out, like in the lungs, like it's better for the lungs. Oh, okay. So they were like, it'll be better for the baby if he can come out naturally. Okay. Yeah. So you got him out uneventfully. Yes. That labor was over so fast. Yeah. And and how big was he? He was four pounds thirteen ounces. So he was okay. bigger than they thought. Yeah. And he he came out crying, which nobody expected. No, yeah. You have to have lungs to cry. Yes. yes. 
and they have to work a little bit for them to cry. Oh my God. It's like, and it's so, like music to your ears right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were super tense. Like when it happened, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was a super silent room. Yeah. A full of 15 doctors. Yeah. There's so many doctors. And then he starts crying and then we just Everyone instantly does. start bawling. Oh, because we're the like, it's What's the moment though? Like where they're telling you if he's okay. You know what I mean? Because like I'm imagining all those doctors and you not knowing what anything is and just being like, am I supposed to be happy? Am I not like, do you know what I mean? Like, so they initially worked on him in the same room as me and he was just on like a CPAP at -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty relieved, but then they took him to a work room or something, Mm -hmm. a different room and continued like to do his umbilical line and all the different things that they had to do. Mm -hmm. And he, he got worse breathing wise and ended up Mm -hmm. on a ventilator. They originally told us to take about an hour in there and then they were gone for, for a while for probably closer to three hours. Oh, oh my Jesus. God. Um, and you don't know what's happening. No, no, not until they come in and tell us, well, he was getting really tired. So we did go ahead and put him on the ventilator and then they bring him in in this little incubator. Oh yeah. Um, oh. And so we have to wait until he goes off to the NICU and then I had to be recovered. Yeah. So I got a freaking epidural. And let me tell you, it did not work on these contractions. Oh, no. You poor thing. <laughs> oh. So she has to wait until like, the epidural yeah, is over with. And she can walk before she can go seizing. She goes down there. And then I have been up for like almost 48 hours watching both the of monitor. Yeah, both of us. Everyone. So, Everyone. Yeah. yeah. They thought he was doing so well, breathing over the vent, doing well enough that they tried to take out the breathing tube or they did yeah okay she was in my room i was in the NICU they took out the tube and he lasted an hour and then um they had to put him back on the vent because he he turned blue and he wasn't breathing and so um they do all that they put him back on the vent he does better he calms down um but like i'm sitting there watching him turn blue oh my god the er nurse and me just wanted to jump in and i couldn't oh Mm -hmm. right because you know how to do this stuff yeah but then i had to go get discharged from my room at like a little bit after this but still haven't got to hold him at this point no No. right and he was showing signs of like not being well off and i go get discharged and we come back and he's on a totally different type of ventilator that sounds like I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it's like, it's just a horrible sound. It's so loud. And it's huge. Yeah. It's like a full nother machine. And it's just like this big, huge apparatus. And it's like shaking him. Yeah. Uh, And because he was on that ventilator, we couldn't hold him. Like they said, if he was on the traditional vent, we could. And we thought we were going to get to. Mm -hmm. But because he ended up on that, um, we couldn't. And turns out he had pneumonia from the infection that I had. Oh, no. Oh. So you did have an infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we caught it soon enough that they were able to jump on it before it became like full-fledged pneumonia. And he was like too sick. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, because his vital signs look great. He just needed help breathing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Because he had pneumonia and his lungs were not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They were full of gunk. And yeah. Basically. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So what happened? Yeah, how long were you in NICU? Altogether, 44 days. Oh, my God. I'm like, so, I, I'm sorry. I'm stressed out just hearing this story. I, like, I, I, I'm, I'm holding this little pig I, 
and just squeezing it because I'm so stressed. I can't. I mean, ha- you, having to go through this, you're the toughest ladies in the world right now, in my opinion. And I know that doesn't help or make you feel good in any way, but I just like this is so like we is, know we are, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, God, this is really, really hard. Yeah, it was terrible. He was on that ventilator for about a week and then we were able to hold him. Finally. Finally. Like at day seven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh. We stayed in Little Rock for a, about another four days. And then we were able to back transfer to the hospital closest to us. Not the same one that we were working at. A, a better one, one that they <laughs> yeah. approved of. Okay, good, good. So he was able, you were able to all be close yes. to home. Yes. So okay. we were able to not live in a hotel or in a <laughs> hospital or a hotel. We were able to actually like sleep in our own beds. Thankfully, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Nikki, but they have those angel eye cans where you can see them at, like all the time. <gasps> oh, oh, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So we come home and put it on like one of our the phones. TV sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fall asleep to his little face. That's, yeah. I mean, oh my that's God. helpful. That's helpful. Yeah, it was tremendously. What needed to happen for him during the 44 days? Like his lungs needed to like he needed, continue to grow or? Mm-hmm. he Yeah, he needed his lungs to develop. He needed to be off or low enough on oxygen to be safe to come home. He needed to be able to eat and gain weight and pass his car seat test, basically. Yeah. And so that took about 44 days. Like all together, wow. yeah. Wow. But he was just getting steadily stronger and better? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And how long has he been home? Two and a half months. months. Are you guys so timid around him or nervous? Like, I feel like I'd be no. afraid I was going to break him all the time. No. No, I, he's no. like, he feels like such a sturdy guy now. Like, his, he's almost 13 pounds. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, he feels like he can handle a lot of different things. He doesn't cry a lot. He smiles and giggles now. Oh. He's a really good baby. Yeah. I mean, he's I, he's right there right now, and we haven't heard a peep. I mean, that's he's a good baby. Yeah, he's fully passed out right he's now. Out. He's out. He's <laughs> out. And, and like, what did they say? Like, are there any lifelong things he's going to have to live with that you'll have to navigate, or is we, it just like at some point he'll just be like every other kid? We technically any- don't know the extent. Still, like, obviously his lungs aren't nearly as bad as they thought that they would be, mm-hmm. but we still don't know. Like, will he be able to? run without problems like mm-hmm. stuff like that we don't technically know right 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 mm-hmm. holy crap you two i mean yeah. you have been through it yeah but yeah. i mean i think the thing that we haven't said although you did say it in your email to us is like you have a son the son you were meant to have that had you followed one person's advice wouldn't we be in wouldn't this world know. like yeah what what made you have the strength to listen to yourself get the second opinion advocate for yourselves you know we're, all the things we're very pro-choice yeah. but we just like we wanted this baby we we if there was hope we wanted this baby yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just felt like we didn't have any options in our we wanted the choice to be ours and not somebody telling us this is our only choice it just didn't mm. feel right. Yeah. This, I mean, this is a journey. And and to your title, the half a million dollar baby, are you all like, is this all insurance cover this? Or are we, minus are we our, doing? Minus our fertility treatments and like getting pregnant, that was all on us. But insurance has covered pretty much everything, all his doctor bills. But oh, except, thank God. Except we had to reach our out-of-pocket max, which was sure. not a small amount at all. Yeah. But thank God you had insurance. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys, I, I just thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, it's 
sometimes it goes easy and sometimes it just does not. And I feel like I, I feel like everybody needs to hear all the stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're not blindsided. Yeah. You know what can happen. But then also it might not happen, but we need to hear all of it. And to hear the depths we go to for our children and just yeah. just to show Absolutely. the world that we are thoughtful, extremely thoughtful, extremely intentional. Keep keep giving me words, Robin. And loving. And loving. extremely <laughs> loving parents to these children that we create with a lot of thought, a lot of intention. Give me one more. Give me one more. And a, a lot of love, Jamie. And a lot of love and tenacity. <laughs> But seriously, right? That's no, that's yeah. why your story is so important. Thank you. Yeah. It helps every time I think to talk. Yeah, it gets it easier to talk yeah. about it. Oh my god, they just—they wow. seem so calm. New moms with a preemie, and they're just like, no problem. And also, just to reiterate once again, how important getting that second opinion was, and how right advocating for yourself is such an important aspect that i am so bad at so i appreciate yeah. the reminder yet again well i feel like the fact that kim was a nurse an er nurse probably like having that medical training probably helped her yeah. like listen to herself but regardless you know second opinion goes a long way advocate for yourself guys oh, love those two ladies love God. them okay love right. them and you know kim is an avid fan of our live stream and she comes in all the time and i just i love it i love it when everybody comes in so don't forget guys our, our live stream is every thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern um, on Facebook and YouTube. And this Thursday, this coming Thursday, mm-hmm. we will be speaking with a doctor from California Cryobank. <gasps> I'm so excited. I can't wait. They're going to spill the tea. We're going to get the tea. The spill tea. the tea about what it's like to work at a bank. I mean, we all need them. A, a I just can't wait bank. to hear what not the doctor bank. says. Not a money bank. Yeah, no, the, we don't care about that. Um, okay. So we will be speaking with a doctor. So come join us. Bring your questions. Yes. Bring your comments. 11. Bring your love and lots of hearts. I want to see hearts. I want to see hearts flying. That's you, what I want to see. We never see hearts. I know. We I never know. do. So sad. And when you're done, when you're done going to our live stream, you go out and get our book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. available at all major retailers. And if you want to buy locally, check IndieBound. You can get the audiobook if you want us to read to you. Mm-hmm. That's available at Amazon and iTunes. And if you get it, don't be afraid to review on Amazon or Goodreads. <laughs> How was that? That was, oh, that was beautifully weird. done. I mean, you might have a career in voiceover. We should just record that uh, and put drop that into every episode. All right. Well, check us out on the social. We are everywhere you didn't want us and more. We are Ovaries mm. Talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and recently TikTok. So if you already follow us on Instagram or the others, go ahead and go over to TikTok and start following us there too. Because sometimes yes, it's please. different what we put up there. You never know. You never know. <laughs> it might be. It might be. be. <laughs> it might not be. We are also, if these ovaries could talk on YouTube and you're going to support our podcast and join our community if you want to on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's where you get the bonus content. That's right. And thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp and First Republic Bank. Thanks so much. And a huge thank you to all you folks who are already helping us make the show on Patreon. We really, we really appreciate it. And we thank you. We thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Another one, Jamie. Another one in the books. I was saying, another one bites the dust. I, I, I was, it was in my head, but I was saying in the books. And it came out like bites the dust. Well, oh, well, it's another thanks. wonderful episode. And we have another wonderful one next week just for you. So tune in. Overrace. Ow. If these ovaries could talk, they would say, X ovaries out.